The music is provided by Calvary Quartet. You can have more of their music at calvaryquartet.com or log on to our website at gospelbaptistchurch.com. There came a sound from heaven, a mighty rushing wind. It filled their hearts with of the message tonight, Paul's Secret to a Successful Christian Life. I think I got about seven different sermons with that title, all different subjects, because Paul had insight by the Holy Spirit on how to succeed as a Christian. I would love to end as Paul ended. I would love to be the, even a fraction of the Christian the Apostle Paul was, and he had the Holy Spirit. He was a man of like passions as I am. And he just submitted to what God wanted him to do and did what God wanted him to do, and God used him. May that be so with us. Um, you're influenceable. I, I run into baby Christians, oftentimes, more immature, younger Christians, that want to believe that once they're saved, that they can expose themselves to anything, but because they're saved and have God, they can endure it. But almost nothing happens around us without some effect on us. Why? The weather affects you. And somebody said amen? <clears throat> if you don't amen, we're going to be here a long time. <clears throat> but I had my, uh, is it my niece? I'm her uncle. Uh, that makes me her my niece, I suppose. I don't know all that stuff. But anyway, she called me the other day. Julie works in the uh, heart department up at the hospital, has for about 15, 20 years, and she wanted to know about what happened and all the technical stuff about it. And so she called me. Julie and I haven't talked much, or we don't talk often, but she talked, and she was saying, I think I'm uh, sensitive to my environment more, more than most. She says, uh, uh, I have a syndrome, and I can't remember what she mentioned about the syndrome, but it's a syndrome that you... Uh, it's, it's basically the lack of sun syndrome. I'm going to call it in what I call it. They have it up in Alaska. In Alaska, part of, the, part of the year, they only have four hours of light. And people go through serious emotional depression and, and that kind of thing due to the lack of, they, they just figure it's the lack of light. And uh, we here in Florida don't have that, Amen. That's why everybody wants to come here. When I first came to Florida, I think we had 6 million people. Now we got like 18 million people. Pretty soon there won't be anybody up north. They'll all be here, and it'll be all right. I figure we'll fit them in. But uh, it, the, the uh, weather affects you. Cloudy days affect dreary days, gray days, cold days, hot days, muggy days, clear days, sunny days, foggy days, misty days, bright days, meatly hot days. That's what we've been having. <clears throat> Something we don't know about down here is meatly cold days. But how many know about this? Say amen. You know about that? All have some effect on our attitudes, our reactions, our moods, our performance in our day. Why? 
altitude makes a difference in the way you feel. It affects you. I'll go to 12,000 feet and see if you can run around a little bit. I, I took a motorcycle up to Brother Tom, and I took a motorcycle up to uh, Rocky Mountain National Park or something like that, and we got separated from each other. It was a horrible day. But nevertheless, uh, he went one way, I went another. We got separated and couldn't talk to each other because the cell phones don't work up there. And when you take my cell phone away from me, I'm just, I don't, I'm just, I go into kind of like this. <laughs> so anyway, we get up on a motorcycle, and my wife and I said, well, I can, I can find, you know, we can go through the park. So we went up to, I think it goes up to about 12,000 feet. And I'm telling you what, I started getting short of breath. Uh, I started getting, it started working on me a little bit. Now, Pikes Peak, I think, is what, 16,000 feet, uh, 14, 16, whatever it is. But you go up there and you start having a hard time. Brother Moon flew to uh, uh, someplace. Where'd you fly in? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's it. Uh, I think it's like you land at, what, 12,000, 14,000 feet? I think you land the plane somewhere like that, and you go down into the city at the 12,000 feet or something. It's crazy. They got oxygen in places so people can have oxygen. Because, like, you're sea level people. We're kind of sea level people here. We're about 10, 12 feet above sea level here. Um, and so if you and I would take a trip, and we'd go up 12,000 feet, we'd be like, for a couple, two, three days, it affects you. And when you dive... And you go down, every 33 feet is one atmosphere of pressure. And so you go down 99 feet, you get three atmospheres of pressure. And you, you, I actually, my uh, weight belt would get loose on me, and, and it would want to swing around. Why? Because my body's being compressed and everything's getting smaller. So you people that want to get smaller, that's one way to do it. Dwell at 99 feet, and it'll help squeeze you down a little bit. But... Uh, it affects the way. Pretty soon when you're breathing pure oxygen at that depth for very long, you start feeling really good. They call it nitrogen narcosis. That is when the nitrogen begins to build up in your body, and you get in, and it feels like an uh, alcoholic experience, and uh, you begin to make stupid judgments. And, and many people have died uh, diving because they got nitrogen narcosis and made bad decisions. They get so bad they can't even take a... Uh, a bowl off of a nut. You can't even do basic function after a while. It affects you. So I'm just trying to give you some examples here. The, the moon affects us. If you don't believe that, brother, stick around a while. I mean, I'm an old fisherman, and I can tell you for as a matter of fact, no superstition, fish bite better and harder and more ferociously just the four or five days before the full moon. If you want to catch bass or you want to catch bluegill, you want to catch something, you go four or five days before the full moon. You don't have to go the rest of the month. You go those four or five days and they're going to bite more ferociously and, and uh, better. Uh, I ask policemen this, more murders and violent crimes are committed during the full moon cycle than any other time of the month. You know, that's not a myth. That's statistic. There's a guy right there who knows it. Uh, I've done my own personal tests and observations the last 10 years. Last uh, 30 years, last 40 years, uh, uh, my wife acts more aggressive during the full moon. How many men got guts enough to say amen? <clears throat> man, let's meet at 8 o'clock and have breakfast. Celebrate manhood. Let's just celebrate being a man. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I'm so tired of getting beat down in the United States for being a male. that I just put male leadership sign out there this, morning, this week. I, I'm, just, I'm just tired why, why men are walking around America shame they're male. 
But uh, I can guarantee you, I knew my wife so I know my wife so well. Don't I don't make it historical, but uh, I know my wife so well that I mean I know her in you when I know her nuances of mood and change and it's, and, and and then 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 change your life. <clears throat> That's a real ringer. Nobody ever told me about that. Five, six hot flashes a night, soaking wet, under the covers, freezing to death, on the covers, sweating to death, under the covers, freezing to death, on the covers, sweating to death. Four or five times a night, that cycle goes on for 10 years. I said, I thought women got over this. She says, I did too. How many of you are allergic? You're influenced by what's out there. Holly bushes. One day I'm cutting holly bushes thinking, oh, this is good. I'm cutting a bunch of holly bushes, and that, that sap off the holly bushes gets on me. All of a sudden that night I got hives, man. I got these swelled up things that itch about two inches deep. You want to just take a knife and start carving on it. And, I mean, it's just like, man, that itches. My body, you know, pretty soon your face will swell up. You usually get a little prednisone or Demerol or not Demerol, Benadryl. You want to do damn? Yeah, you probably could, but uh, poison ivy. You know poison ivy. Poison ivy is just an allergy. There's nothing wrong with poison ivy. Poison. Ivy. My one brother said, "I'm not allergic to poison ivy." And he took the poison ivy at a Boy Scout camp, rubbed it all over his face, all over under his arms, all over his chest. Said, "See, I don't get it." He went to the hospital. <laughs> that boy went to the hospital. I mean, he swelled up from front. In fact, they thought he was going to die. That was before prednisone, I guess, but uh, it was back in the early 60s. And, I mean, they thought the boy was going to die. He was quitting breathing and stuff. I mean, crazy. Uh, that kind of guy, you know. That kind of guy affected. We're affected. We're affected by our shampoos and our deodorants and our lotions and our soap and everything else. You're, what I'm trying to say is you are physically influenceable. It would be a fool that would come here tonight and say, I'm not physically influenceable. You're influenced by music. You're influenced by weather. You're influenced by altitude. You're influenced by, by people uh, around you in your mood. Now, if our body is so influenceable like that, it makes sense that your spirit's influenceable. Your soul's influenceable. It makes sense of that. Look, this is now the text verse. That was the introduction. Now let's go to Romans chapter 16, verse 19, just one thought tonight, really a simple thought, in Romans chapter 16, verse 19, for your obedience is come abroad unto all men. Boy, wouldn't that be, oh, bro, wouldn't that be a great reputation? Isn't that a great reputation? Your obedience has come abroad to all men. Ladies, if you want people to talk about you, may they talk about, that's one of the most obedient women I've ever known. What a testimony. That's one of the most obedient women you've ever known. When you meet my wife, it's the most obedient woman I've ever known. And you want to know why we've had marital harmony. It's one of the most obedient women I've ever known. And, and I'm not going to tell you I'm easy to live with because I'd be lying. 
But I'm going to say this, that she has been obedient to what God says. And wives, submit yourself unto your own husbands. And she has listened to me, and even when she don't want to, she does. And it is, it, here these people said, for your obedience has come abroad unto all men. I am glad, therefore, on your behalf, but yet I would have you, and this is what I want to dwell on for the next few minutes, I want to have you to be wise unto that which is good and simple concerning evil. Now, this is philosophical. Okay, this is philosophical. Um, this verse challenges the thought of our day. How many people say knowledge is power? Knowledge often itself has become the very panacea, the cure-all for everything in America. I get sick and tired of them saying, if we just had better education, people would be less violent. If we just had better education, uh, people would, would be more reasonable. Some of, the, some of the wildest criminals in history have been extremely educated people like Theodore Bundy called the educated killer, that was his reputation, killed over 100 women. First Amendment guarantees our rights to speak, and, and, uh, but you've got to be careful what you say. I mean, I think, I think we're under, we, we, the, the first, I think the First Amendment's been abused beyond belief. Uh, when they allowed cussing and swearing on rap music, remember when that happened? That, our forefathers never had in mind wicked, vile things being allowed. And you say, who makes the definitions? The Bible. Amen. I thought we were a Christian-based nation. Amen. That's what they had in mind. But how, how are you wise unto that which is good? How? Well, in Philippians chapter 4, in Philippians chapter 4, verse 8, most of you could quote it or at least come close to quoting it. Uh, it says, finally, brethren, Whatsoever things are true, and whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, uh, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, what are you supposed to do? It goes along with a verse. Think on these things. In other words, this is a secret to success. He says, I want you wise unto that which is good. I want you wise unto that which is good. I've spent most of my life since 18 years old trying to be wise unto that which is good. My wife works at a bank for now some 40 years, almost 40 years, right around that time. Started when she was 19. And she's worked as a manager, she's worked as operations officer, she's worked as a teller, she's come and she's gone on all those different jobs. She's turned down a management jobs before. And, but anyway, she knows banking. And what they teach them in banking is to recognize counterfeit money. Now, you would think that they would take a bunch of counterfeit money and say, feel this, feel this, feel this, feel this. The other day I went in to give her some flowers. And when I went in there to give her some roses, uh, one teller goes, hey, I got a, a bogus $100 bill today. And I says, may I see that? And, and then when, when, as soon as I touched it, I knew. Now, it looked perfect. Looking, it was perfect. As soon as I touched it, bogus, it just, it, just, it just don't feel right. You don't learn evil by learning evil. 
You don't get better by learning evil. You get better by knowing good so well that when evil comes by, you can sniff it out like that. You learn the Bible, and you concentrate on the things which are good, and you make yourself wise unto that which is good, and when the devil comes by, you're, he's not going to deceive you. <clears throat> you're gonna, why, that, that thing will be glaringly wrong to you. When the philosophy, and by the way, he's mighty subtle. When he comes by with some errant philosophy to try to get you off the right course, you'll immediately see that and say, that's wrong. Why? You're wise to that which is good. You've obeyed Philippians 4.8. Things which are true, we're to concentrate on. Think on these things. Let's concentrate on them. Indulge, indulge in them. I think one of Philippians 4 8 is one, one of the best arguments biblically not to go to secular schools. I may rub the cat the wrong way, but I'm used to it. I'm going to tell you this. We have made education the God of America. And parents often will talk more importantly about their kid getting an education than finding a good mate. And if their kid finds a good mate, they'll say, well, put it off for four years so you get your college degree so that you can be immoral in the interim. Oh, well, he can wait. Well, I can just tell you this. Statistically, it don't happen like that. I wasn't born at night, or at least last night. I understand the birds and the bees and the flowers and the trees. And let me tell you, I, I, see, I see it happen all the time. People say, well, I'm going to go to Gulf Coast University. Well, that's where they teach evolution as a fact, and Christianity is a myth. Absolutely do. And they've got credibility behind them. they got PhDs behind their name and, and MA and, and master's degrees behind them. And they talk so well. But brother, I love that we took old Grady McMurtry in there among all them people, and they were stuttering. Because they're liars. <laughs> evolution doesn't have a leg to stand on. There is no proof for evolution. It is a religion. It's just like Hinduism or Buddhism or Islam. It's a religion. So we send our kids, we tell them, well, get it. You can, it's cheaper. Oh, the God of finances, the God of money. Uh, oh, it's cheaper to go to a secular. It's cheaper to go to this. We got scholarships to go to here. We got scholarships to go to there. I'd be ashamed of myself, and you will be ashamed of yourself if you do that and stand before Jesus someday. You sold him cheap. The Bible says, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, lovely, good report, any virtue, any praise, think on these things. Make them priority in your life. Where does that give you permission to disobey it? He says to these people in Romans chapter 16, verse 19, our text, your obedience has come abroad unto everybody. Obedience what? Obedience to God. Obeying the little things, you won't have to worry about the big things. Obeying the small things, you don't have to worry about the little things. I remember Chris Powell used to say, watch your pennies, you don't have to worry about your dollars, amen? Chris, that ought to be, that ought to be a motto in your home. Watch your pennies, you don't have to worry about your dollars. And, and so 
So it makes sense to me that if we're to concentrate on those things which are good, we have to avoid those things which are evil. Duh. Fill in your mind with a bunch of fiction, a bunch of fantasy, a bunch of fairy tales, a bunch of comic books, a bunch of video games, a bunch of TV, a bunch of, a bunch of movies, that 90% of what they're preaching in there is not just false, but it's anti-God. You know this. You get on your average TV channel and start rolling through them, and what are they preaching? What are they teaching? What are they propagating? They're propagating homosexuality as a lifestyle, and it's fine. They're propagating immorality as fine. Everybody's doing it. They're propagating everything that you can line up against the Bible. They are, they're making, when they do mention religious people, they're, they're portrayed as fools, idiots, stupid. And by the way, I might as well just kiss this off my chest, the average male on TV is portrayed as a sissy boy. As, as, as too stupid to be in leadership. Who do you think is doing all that? God. Remember, there's only two forces in the world. God and the devil. Good and evil, right? Light and darkness, right? Logic it out. There's only two forces. There's no gray here. It's either good, it either fits, whatever's being taught out there, whatever's being presented to you out there is either fits in one, it fits in good, or it fits in evil. We want to put it in this gray area. Well, I don't have any. It's just okay, Brother Bill. Well, I guarantee you, as a man thinketh so in his heart, so is he. And you fill your mind with the garbage, garbage going to come out. Garbage in, garbage out. Garbage in, garbage out. But you put good in, good will come out. You're putting those Bible verses in. What are you doing? You're obeying the book. You're obeying the book. You put the good in, good's going to come out, brother. <laughs> when you get tempted to do evil, good will come out. You'll, you'll see it. What did Solomon do? When he said, Solomon, I'll give you anything you want, what did he do? Oh, he said, this is a great people, which I'm, 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 you're, you're having me to lead. He said, would you give me the discernment between good, right and wrong, good and evil? Ooh, the Bible says that, please, God. He said, ooh, you want to discern between good and evil? That's my kind of thinking there. He says, I'll tell you what, I'll give you that. I'll make you the wisest man that ever was before you or ever after you, and I'll give you all the rest of the stuff that you didn't ask for. You didn't ask for the life of your enemies. You didn't ask for money. You didn't ask for fame. I'll give you all that because you wanted to know the difference between good and evil. How important is that to God? Romans 16, 19 may just be a little short, boom, 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 but it is the very heart of God that we're seeing here. We're to, we're to be honest. We're to be just, my, pure and lovely and good report, virtuous and excellent, commendable and praiseworthy. That's why in good conscience when Troy was born, I told my wife, we're not going to send him to the secular people to teach. I'm talking about teaching ABCs, one, two, threes. We are going to have Christian people teach him. And we're not, because why? It makes sense to me that you wouldn't give your little sweet thing to some heathen, didn't believe in the Bible, didn't believe in God, thought Jesus was, was a son of a German soldier or a Roman soldier, and, and, and uh, that the whole thing's a mockery and a lie and a bunch of idiocy. You wouldn't give your most precious child to those people to educate, would you? Or would you? Happens all the time. Happens all the time. I think Brother Moon did a little 
study when Barna said we're losing 88% of our kids, the ones who go out there into the secular environment, 88% of them are coming back believing what they've been taught. Well, what you put in comes out. Remember I started out, we're influenceable. What you put in comes out. You tell your little sweet thing that ever, even if you start putting a question mark, a question mark. Well, I, I sent them to a place that they teach evolution and creation. Well, I can tell you this, even a small child knows that only one of them's right. I mean, even a small kid knows only one of them can be right. If the Bible's right, where it said in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, or evolution's right, the thing started with a big bang somewhere, someplace, somehow, nobody knows where, how, or when, and nobody ever witnessed it, but nevertheless, we believe it happened, and it happened, and an amoeba got here, and it fell in the mud, it grew leg, it would swim around a while, uh, uh, hit up shore, uh, grew, grew some legs, started walking, through the, running through the trees, was running through the trees one day, I'll grab this tail, grab the limb, bust it off, dropped on the ground, went across the street, bought a set of clothes, and became a college professor. You may be related to an ape. I'm not. I'm made in God's image. Not looks-wise. With my moral makeup, my volition, even my emotions in some degree. My creativity is, is in the image of God. Um... I hope that you're not fooled. I hope you obey the verse to be wise unto that which is good. Wise unto that which is good. When I made when I made a decision to live for God, I decided that whatever He wanted me to do, I'd do. He wants me to go to church and hear the preaching of the Bible, I did it. He wanted me to tie there on everything of increase in my life, I did it. He wanted me to, to uh, help people around me, help the poor, I've tried to do it. He wanted me to, to uh, go tell people, go in the world and preach the gospel to every creature. I want to do it. He told me, concentrate on the things which are good and be stupid to the things that are evil. Innocent to the things that are evil. Don't be wise. Now, some of you were saved later in life, and whether you like it or not, you're wise to those things which are evil by the fact that you were saved later in life, right? But it's not the best way, if possible. But if that's the way it is, God will use it. But since you got saved, you're not going back and exposing yourself to that stuff. Let me say, you that are out there that believe that you can expose yourselves to, to wicked rock and roll music and to, and to lyrics that are vile and to music that wants to make you dance and be sensual and to, and to literature and to TV and to stuff that's, that is anti-God, and you think somehow you're going to make it through it, you aren't gonna, it's going to affect you. It's going to change you in some degree. First of all, it may make you hard-hearted where you don't hear the Holy Spirit. See, hard-hearted hard-hearted people don't hear the Holy Spirit when he comes by. He doesn't scream at you. He whispers. Remember Elijah? He wasn't in the whirlwind. He wasn't in the fire. He wasn't in the earthquake. He was in that still, small voice. Well, to hear the still, small voice, you've got to have an ear for it. You can't be encumbered with a bunch of evil. So we're to be wise under that which is good. This is a philosophy of life. This is a way of living. Wise under that which is good. 
but simple concerning the things that are evil. Why? God hates evil. And by the way, the more you're like Christ, the more you hate evil. The more you are conforming to the image of Christ, the more it disgusts you. The more it repels you. The more it just puts you on edge when it comes by. The more it bothers you when you see it. What an important area. And the Lord help us not to flirt with evil. Not to use it and play with it like a toy. They, Psalm 101.3 says, I will set no wicked thing before mine eyes. I hate the work of them that turn aside. It shall not cleave unto me. Now put that in today's language. I will set no wicked thing before my eyes. I hate Hollywood. Hollywood's corrupted the whole earth. It hasn't just corrupted America. It's gone to the Philippines. It's gone to China. It's gone. There's no place Hollywood hasn't penetrated. Pepsi, Coca-Cola, and Hollywood have evangelized the world and have evangelized with a philosophy and a thought process. I hope that by the grace of God you take serious what Paul just mentions there in Romans 16.9. For your obedience has come abroad unto all men. I'm glad, therefore, on your behalf. Yet I would have you to be wise unto that which is good and simple, innocent, concerning that which is evil. Father, help us tonight to gather this information, to meditate upon it, to roll it over in our minds that the blessed Holy Spirit would help us. One of the problems with the church of Jesus Christ is we've been polluted. We've been polluted with evil. We've been polluted with the media in every direction. Under surveys, 95% uh, of so-called Christian men are str struggle with pornography. No wonder, if just a fraction of that is true, no wonder God's struggling to work with us. No wonder America's in the shape it's in. Father, help us. Father, help us. We can't change the world, but we can change ourselves. By the grace of God, we can submit in obedience to your word and that you will change us. You will conform us into your image. We can't change anybody around us, but we can, we can make a difference in our lives. And maybe that one life will go to two and two to three and three to four and keep going. And by the grace of God, we could have a revival again. Father, help us to understand these scriptures, to apply them as you see fit in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand together. If you would like to know more about Jesus and the subject preached on, please contact us at gospel at mygbcs.com or call us at 239-947-1285. God bless.